Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me for our discussion about the McSween's or the McSweeney's, depending on what country you're in. Before we get too far into that, let me give a shout out to usakilts.com. They're my sponsor for this podcast. They, I, I have one of their kilts. I think it's awesome, top, very, very good quality product. Their customer service was awesome. They treated me very well. Free shipping in the U.S. Also, go over and check out their their yeah, their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Uh, I think you'll be interested in their content they're putting out. It covers not only. Scottish traditional wear, like specifically the kilt, but they get into Scottish history and culture and a lot of cool stuff on there. So go check them out, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube and usakilts.com for their storefront. All right, I'm recording this the Christmas, it's Christmas Eve Eve right now. And so if you're listening to this real soon during this time period, because some of you are going to find this podcast way down the road and it's not even going to have anything to do with Christmas, but if you're listening to it at this time of year, I hope it is or was a very good time of year for you, whether you're a Christian or not. I'm a big fan of freedom and people getting to pick what, however they want to, how's our article of faith go in my, in my church as we claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God and Allow all men the same privilege. Let them worship how, where, or what they may. So, whatever your choice is, I hope that this time of year works out really well for you. So, to the uh, to the McSweens and McSweenies, I just thought this is an interesting clan and worth pointing out. Um, most of the people, most of my listeners, just talking numbers wise, are in the United States, and they're people who are interested in their heritage and. For people in the United States who have some version of this name, right? We all know that it came from Irish or or Scottish Gaelic into English in different forms. But most people who are who have this this name, their ancestors are actually coming from Ireland, not Scotland. And we'll talk about how that came to be, which is why, why I think this is a unique Scottish clan. Uh, what I one thing I do want to mention is that the sources about this clan they have the lever clown swing i i got i got that close but i don't think i completely nailed it but that's a book that was written in the early 1500s in irish in and and that's where this clan at that time was was based out of and why i say that that's i'm not going to say that's the best source completely that you could ever find on this because um well, there might may have been ulterior, ulterior motives for their genealogies. I, I'll just put it like that. There, uh, scholars, some scholars debate on whether their their genealogy that's given in that really traces them back through and into Irish royalty, Ulster royalty, specifically with the Enail dynasty in Northern Ireland. Um. But W.D.H. Seller finds no reason to doubt those genealogies. So there you have, there you have two opposing views on that. And so I'll let you, you should. But anybody who wants to make a serious study of this clan needs to be familiar with that. But then also, like I just mentioned, Seller has written on this this subject and given his opinion and and has weighed in on their descent and and all that. But how do they get... Let's talk about the origin of the McSween's. I, oh, I just might also 
mention in addition to that, and, I, and I'm not going to mention every single thing I ever read about this, but um, I was also reading um, R. Andrew McDonald's Kingdom of the Isles. That was a cool, uh, I just barely finished that book today, and it has stuff on the McSween's in there, and a YouTube channel that I found, and I'm going to give a shout out to this gentleman. He runs a YouTube channel called Clans and Dynasties, and it has. if you're interested in the stuff that this podcast covers, you will be interested in this YouTube channel. So go, go check him out, as well as my buddy Bruce Fumi over at uh, Scotland, History, uh, Scotland History Tours. I didn't have that prepared for me right now, but you type in something like that on YouTube and it'll... Um, it'll come up with the right one. Um, too, too good. The, the clans and dynasties is more specific to what we talk about here. Whereas the, uh, whereas Bruce's, um, YouTube channel covers general Scottish history. And he and I have had some, some back and forth and he's given me some awesome shout outs. So I thought I'd return him the favor. Um, and, and the clans and dynasties YouTube channel actually has an episode on the McSweeney's. And so I, I pulled a little bit out from there. And in fact, I think I would, that's what I was watching when I decided to do this episode on this clan. So there's just, that's not everything I've ever read on this, but there's some of the main things. So where did, where did the McSweens or the McSweenies come from? There's some people out there who claim a Norse descent. They say that Sween is a kind of a different version of Svein, Sven the old Norse name, and then that's where we get this. And I'm actually not on board with that one. I've read, um, as I got in, I've mentioned this book in times past. It's by John Bannerman. It's called Kinship, Church, and Culture. And it's it's actually not one book. It's a collection of works that he's done. And and it's got stuff on the Shenachas Fernalban, the... uh, Anyway, these old Irish annals and and older records, and they have records of stuff that's before the Vikings began their raids, and we see those people come into this, and we see those Norse names. Before that, we see this name Sweeney in in Ireland and and uh, and later in Scotland. So I don't I don't think that that's where the name comes from. I think it is a an actually a a Gaelic or Gaelic name. Anyway, that's just my two cents. The um, the traditional genealogy of the McSweeney's or the McSween's has them descended from Anrahan, an Irish prince. And I actually did a whole episode on these clans that are descended from him in episode 58. But he was an Irish prince who abdicated his throne and moved to Scotland. And in claiming descent from Anrahan, the McSween's make themselves kin to the McLaughlins, the McEwens of Otter, the McNeils of Barra, and the Lamonts. And... Now, like I said earlier, some say that this genealogy is made up because they ended up settling in Northern Ireland and they wanted to develop a genealogy that connected them to the royalty in there and some of the other noble families like the O'Neills and the O'Donnells. But um, like I said, there's other people who see no reason to doubt that genealogy. Um, The way when you one thing I've noticed in when I see this name in Scottish context, it's McSween, and in Irish, it's McSweeney. And like I said, it's son of Sweeney. And so they would have said it in Irish, and it would probably would have sounded how, how we brought the different ways we brought it into English would have probably been irrelevant. So, but you'll hear me say McSween when I'm talking in a Scottish context, McSweeney in Ireland. Um, and 
and maybe a different form that we'll get to way at the end of this at the end of this episode. <clears throat> Their heyday in Scotland was from the 1100s and into the 1200s, the mid 1200s. The McSweens were very powerful in southwest Argyll, and they had three castles that gave them a very strategic advantage of controlling certain waterways in southwest Argyll and southwest um, Hebrides, specifically in the Napdale. Kintyre, that that part of the southwest Argyle and and Scotland, so they um, these castles that they had that helped them gain this this advantage there was Castle Sween, Lachranza, and Skipness. The cool thing about Ca- Castle Sween is it's one of the oldest stone castles in Scotland. Now, depending on the source that I read, different ones said it is the oldest stone castle in Scotland, others says one of the oldest, and I didn't decide to go off on a crusade and find out exactly if it is the actual oldest, but I'll just tell you that's different depending on what sources you look at, then that's what it is. And let me just also mention here that this this episode is not meant to be a comprehensive history of this clan. It's just a few of the noteworthy things I think are interesting about them. So um Maybe, if anything, the value for you here would be that it can spark your interest in certain things, maybe give you some questions to go hunt down, and then come back and um, and report what you found. If you could have anything to contribute, you can go on the show notes for on Facebook. You can find it where I usually post it on the Scottish Clients Facebook group, and then also on the Podbean website, which I'll talk a little bit more about that later. So, yeah, if you come up with anything in addition to this, that's cool. But if you're expecting that this is like going to be a deep dive into McSween or McSweeney history, then it's it's not going to be that. It's just going to be some of the cool things about them and, and some of the highlights. Now, so I mentioned they were powerful up until the mid-1200s in Scotland. In 1262, the McSweens lost much of their possessions to include Castle Sween to the Stuarts of Menteith. And... So that was in 1262 that they lost most of their possessions to these, this branch of the Stuarts. Then in, in 1310, during the Scottish Wars of Independence, Edward II of England told John McSween, or Yoin, Yoin, how, however you want to pronounce that, that if he could get, he, he, he gave him a, basically a grant to all of Napdale if he could get it back. So there you have it. If, if this John McSween could make it happen, the English king would, would recognize his rights there in as much as the English king had anything to say about it. Now, we would know that Edward II is the one who's going to be defeated at Battleburn, not himself necessarily, but that's who was king of England when that happened. And so he would, turns out, won't get to have much say in it. And it's going to stay in in certain hands. It was not going to be in McSween hands is the important thing there. We're not going to go into who all got what there. Um, so yeah, so the McSweens couldn't take it back anyway. So Edward II lost the, the big battle that gained Scotland's independence. I know that there'd be more more conflict, but we all know Bannockburn was the big, the big thing. You know, it's the one that's in the movie, so it's the big deal, right? Isn't that how we gauge history? And... And so he loses, and also the McSweens can't take back their lands by force. So they've got to reconsider. Now, the thing is, 
clear back in 1262. So we're talking the the difference in time, the gap in time here is about a generation. So it's not like, oh, we lost some lands to the Stuarts, and a few years later, we'll try to go get them back. So 1262 versus 1310, that's a, I mean, that's more than a, it's more than a generation, right? If you're if a generation is roughly twenty years, I mean, we still have maybe some of the same people alive, but that's a, that's a long gap. And so you have you have, and I think in my head, when I, whenever as much thought as I've ever given to this before, I had considered that the McSweens had sided with the wrong guys, like the McDougals, and by wrong I mean the ones who lost, not the ones who had the less legitimate claim, right? Just for the record, the uh, McDougals picked uh, the side against Bruce. And they end up losing most of their territory. They were before that, the Scottish Wars of Independence, the McDougals were huge powerful in Western Argyle and the Isles and all that. And then, you know what? Robert the Bruce remembered that one time that they ambushed him and almost wiped out everything, including him, and that there was no movement or effort to get his throne back because everybody was dead. He remembered that when he got the throne and went and took it to him. And the McDougals were lucky to hold on to anything there, but they did. They were still a clan later down the road. But um, I always thought that the McSweens were kind of in that boat. And that's why they ended up not so much in Scotland. But to, so this is this was new to me, reading up on this and presenting it for so that I can present it to you, is that they had lost their stuff, their land in Scotland way before that. And so what do they do? They set up shop. They they hired themselves out as mercenaries to specifically and principally at the first the O'Donnells in Tyrconnell and what's now Donegal. Not Tyrconnell and Donegal. I don't think the geographic boundaries are exactly matching, but it's pretty close. Um, so that's who they went to work for as mercenaries. And so they got set up in Ireland and, um, so that's how they, that's how they kind of become that. That's the, that's the impetus. So they get set up in Ireland in the, in the 1260s. Yeah. They haven't forgot that they came from Scotland. They're still making a, uh, effort to get that stuff back. But after the Scottish wars of independence, they're kind of done there and, so now they're they're a, they're one of the principal Galaglass families in Ireland. Like I said, the O'Donnells of Tyrconnell, they were a big deal as a clan in Northern Ireland, and the McSweeney's were the principal Galaglass clan that was employed by the O'Donnells. And so, how did the O'Donnells pay them? Well, they uh, they paid them in land often, and so that's how the McSweeney's get established. There and they become, I mean, basically, they just become an Irish clan and they, for the most part, are set up in Donegal. Now, we'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of exceptions to that. So, so they're mercenary soldiers, they're Galloglass. I've done whole episodes on Galloglass. In fact, I did a series of three episodes a while ago. It's episode 24, 25, and 26. So, if you want to go back and learn more about what a Galloglass was, where they're coming from, what they're doing there, their time the range of time that they were operational. But it was mostly, just to give you just a quick definition for those of you who are new to this, a Galloglass, they were coming from these West Highland Hebridean, um, or, or Hebridean, I think is how I've heard it seen, uh, spoken in a, in a video on YouTube I was watching. Hopefully that was by a native Scot, and that's how they would say it there. Anyway, that's the part of Scotland they are coming from. They're So Gal. Gal Oglach, or Gal Oglach, 
I don't know where the emphasis is there, but they were that that means young foreign warriors. So they're people coming into Ireland, hiring from from the Western Highlands and Isles of Scotland, hiring themselves out to Irish lords and chieftains as as mercenaries. And so because they're coming not only from Scotland, but they're acknowledged to have a mixed uh, Gaelic and Scandinavian ancestry. Which which is true. Now for the McSween's, I, I told you it's, it's probably more more Gallic, but because of the part of Scotland they're from, they probably intermarried with these people who had Viking blood. Which clans were those that we'd be talking about? McLeods, McDonalds, McDougals, McRorys. Um, that's just the world that they were living in. So even though their patriarchal line probably doesn't come from Vikings, like the McLeods probably does. They were, they were, I mean, and I don't know who cares very much about being a pure, none of us are purebred anything. So, um, they, I can't say they're pure gales, but they're part of that cultural context, I guess is my point. And, and that's how they get that, that foreign aspect of Galaglass, the young foreign warriors are coming over and they're being, and there's actually some really cool content on this on YouTube to include that clans and dynasties channel. So you can look at a lot more on that and you can go back and listen to episodes 24, 25, and 26. I go into a lot more detail on that stuff, but that's probably good for now. So they're paid in land. And so they set up shop in in Edenigal and they, uh, they break into three branches. Now, before I tell you what branches those were, I'd like to give a little bit more of a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. So I've had an awesome experience with them. Um, specifically, I interacted the most with Rocky and Eric. We and I've posted a whole interview that I did with them as an episode. I, and I don't have that episode right off the top of my head, but they, all my interactions with them have been positive. There's never a time where I, where I walked away from interacting with them and just thought, what a what a what a bunch of jerks work there. I've never thought that. They're good. They treated me well. They're excited about the Scottish heritage. I'm excited about Scottish heritage. Chances are you are too. And if you're in the market for a kilt, go check them out. Because um, for me, I guess it matters who's who's running stuff. I guess that's why I include my experience with them. But at the end of the day, if they are awesome people, but they don't make a good kilt, then you pro- I probably wouldn't ever recommend them to you. And so here I am recommending them to you because I own one of their kilts and they're awesome. And they're doing a great job, and they're running a good business. And they've got, and like I said earlier, it's not just Scottish stuff. Yeah, I've got my my kilt, but what about my my kilt belt, my buckle? Well, my last name's Edwards, and we came from Wales. We came from Llan Wenog in Ceredigion, and Welsh-speaking people coming over. And you know, I got to represent a little bit. So guess what I did. I, for my kilt belt, I got a belt buckle with the Welsh dragon on it. So yeah, I'm mixing it up a little bit there. But So I'm just here telling you that so that you know that th- there's a little bit of all that stuff there. But, but really, they're great kilt makers. They, run a, they make a superior product, have awesome customer service, free shipping in the U.S. Go check them out at usakilts.com. And also head over to their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, because they've got some awesome content there that I think you'll like. If you're into kilts if you're into um scottish history and culture and all that stuff they've got some really cool content on there so go check them out um now so i'm so they get so the mcsweeney's okay we're gonna say we're gonna say it like mcsweeney now because that's the more common form that you see in ireland they get established in donegal and they 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 develop into three principal branches the primary one is fanad 
And then the branch that's called Do, which it was McSweeney Natua, but Natua turned into Do and Bana. And so the Fanat and Do branches are up in the north of Donegal, and the Bana branch was in the south of Donegal. And then you have some of the, um, and this stuff, this specific stuff right now, I got off of clans and dynasties, and that's that, um, that video that he did on the McSweeney's. And it's uh, a branch of the Bana line worked for the O'Connors in Connacht, as well as the Clan Rickard Burks. And then, so, and both of those are Connacht kindreds. And other offshoots of the McSweeney's end up working for the O'Briens of Thomond, the Butlers of Ormond, and the McCarthy's. And, and so that's the O'Briens, McCarthy's, that's West, Southwest, Scotland, or Ireland, sorry. And the, the Butlers of Ormond, that was more um, South Central, you can look it up on a on a map on Google Image Search really easy and see where their territory was. But so they're starting to spread out all over Ireland. But those three branches up in Donegal are, are the primary ones. Um, but they did those other branches that were working for those other kindreds elsewhere in Ireland. They did obtain possession of castles and stuff. So it's not like they were nothing in those other areas. And um, these the McSweeney's as they become more and more established in Ireland over the generations they become involved in all the different um, major events in Irish history that we would ever read about there and so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on that I'm going to go more I'm going to talk about the ones who stayed back in Scotland for a second and I think this is really interesting too so you have you have most of the McSweeney's really they become a an, an Irish kindred as far as becoming a force to be reckoned with, but they're still a group that stayed back in Scotland, and they were known later as McQueen. Now, McSween, McQueen, um, just a just a short. And I'm not a native Gaelic speaker, and I, I I just know a few phrases. That really, that's all. And I, so I'm not going to claim to be the authority on this, but I, I do understand this much that. So, when you're showing possession, and so then that means you're speaking in the genitive case. You're showing possession. You are um, so so like Mac. Mac is not just son; it's son of, right? So son of so and so. It's so and so's son. So you're showing that they are. This is a possessive context, and so whenever that happens in Gallic, especially with a consonant of the of in this case a person, right? The consonant begins their name like Sweeney an H drops next to that first consonant and it changes the way we pronounce it. It's more, the H is more like an accent mark in Gaelic than an actual letter. And it has a different influence on different consonants. In the case of the S, it makes us aspirate the S. So we really breathe past it rather than pronounce the S. So instead of Maxwinia, it sounds more like McQueenia. And so there's where, that's where you get McQueen from. And I would go off and talk about famous people named McQueen, like Steve McQueen, the famous actor, but I really didn't research that all that much, and last time I brought something up like that right off the top of my head, I needed to come back and make a slight correction to it, so um, maybe there's a challenge for you. If anybody can figure out Steve McQueen, famous actor, did he come from the McQueens of Scotland um, that we're talking about right now? Anyway, they're the ones who stayed back. So the ones who stayed back in Scotland and didn't emigrate as Galaglass to Ireland, they become known as the McQueens. Now, one branch of these, or one group of McQueens, 
ended up, so you have the the McDonald of Clan Ronald chief. His daughter marries the chief of the Macintoshes. And these McSweens or McQueens that had stayed behind ended up loyal to the this particular they must have lived on his land. I don't know, and I don't know how they got there. I don't there's a lot of gaps in this story, but they end up kind of being as part of her dowry to as she marries the Macintosh chief, and they go with her. So they go from a more of a southwest, west part of Scotland into the area that, so the Macintosh chiefs were just south of Inverness a little bit, and so they end up in that neck of the woods on the Murray Firth. In fact, they establish themselves near Findhorn, and they become part of Clan Hatton, because the chief of the Macintoshes is also the chief of the confederation known as Clan Hatton. So that's how that group, that's a little bit of, of their history. And there were other McQueens that stayed and were known around the Hebrides and Western Highlands, but the uh, I, I couldn't really find a lot about them as a clan. I just know that that surname pops up there. Now, I did do a quick search, and I did a whole episode on this one time about this website called named.publicprofiler.org, and it's a really interesting um, website where you can just punch in the... the uh, you just punch in a name and press enter, and it will bring up a map of Great Britain. So it's so it's uh, the the island of the UK basically. So England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, and it'll show you with color where that surname pops up the most, which is really interesting for us because I did it with McQueen, and by far the most common was up in that that uh, on the south of the Murray Firth area, you know, um, it looks like the hot spot is just southeast of Inverness. Not right on Findhorn, but in that really close to where they would have settled. So that's kind of interesting, I thought, is that to this day, and, and that's current, that's today, where are the people in Britain and Northern Ireland with that name? And it's, they're still where those McQueens where with the stuff I was reading where it said that they settled. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. So just to wrap it up with the McQueens or the McSweens or the McSweenies, they were originally, if the genealogies are correct, they're descended from an Irish prince of the Enail dynasty who emigrated to Scotland, did real well for himself there. It's not just the McSweens, but the Lamonts, the McNeils of Barra, the McEwens of Otter, the McLaughlins all descend from this Irish prince and established themselves and did well in Scotland. And then um, the McSweens in 1262 lose a lot of their lands to the Stuarts of Menteith and end up reestablishing themselves, most of them, not all of them. Some stay behind, but but the center of gravity moves to Ireland for this clan, and they become an Irish clan, basically. And they start off as Galloglass, but they integrate into Irish society, and they become a no-kidding Irish clan, principally based out of Donegal. And the ones who stayed back become, not all of them, but a, a good chunk of them become part of Clan Hatton, and find themselves based up near Inverness. So there you have it. There's the there's the McSweens for you. Now, here's a, here's just one little thing I want to add on the end of this. <clears throat> I'm really going to try to... I'm, I'm paying for... My, my web host is Podbean. You, you, if you've listened to any 
episodes before, you know, that's what I'll always say, you know, you can reach me and make contact and give me feedback and stuff on podbean.com. And I've just kind of realized that I've been with them for over three years now. And part of their part of what I'm paying for is a website for your podcast. And so I'm really trying to develop that and understand how that works because I am not into web page development and I don't know a lot about that but it's a service that's offered and so I'm going to start doing a lot of stuff with that so I just wanted to put it on your radar I'll give you more updates as that comes but um, yeah the the podbean.com is going to become a thing in the not too distant future in fact if you can Right now, the you can find all the, the, the episodes there on scottishclans.podbean.com, and you can actually give me feedback through that that platform. If you're looking at like, hey, here's something you should have included, or here, here's something else that I think is cool about the McSween slash McSweenies, or hey, here's another, and I know I've got clan requests all the time. I've got something in the works. I've been going back and forth with Justin about the the guns. And so we've got some interesting things going on there, that, but I, I need to look into it. I wasn't quite prepared to make an episode out of it this go around. But Justin, just if you're listening to this, know that uh, that uh, it's something that's kicking around in my head. Okay, so you've got my my interest peaked there. Uh, what what really is at the question at the core of our discussion there is to what extent was the Kinbay Society alive and well in Caithness, and were the guns part of that, or were they as Alistair Gun contends? Um, were they just a bunch of dudes who were led by a guy with a gun surname and, and it wasn't a no kidding Scottish clan. And I don't know, I don't, I haven't made a real hard decision on that, but, uh, but I've had an interesting discussion with Justin. So I appreciate that. Uh, and that's, and he, and he reached out to me actually through my Gmail account for this podcast, which is the Scottish clans at gmail.com. Pretty simple. So if you want to reach out to me, you can do it on podbean.com or that uh, email address I just gave you. Um, also, you can go on, you can find me on on Facebook through the Scottish Clans Facebook group, and you can messenger me on that, and that's been an effective way, and I've had some good dialogues on there too. And I think that's all the stuff I, I wanted to put out to you guys. So once again, if you're listening to this in the very near future, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And an invitation I want to make to you is to share this podcast with somebody that you think would be interested. Reach out to me through those avenues I mentioned earlier. Go on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That'll help boost the algorithm and more people will see this who are interested in this and it'll get more and more popular. I'm not making a ton of money off of this, so I'm, I'm not really monetarily motivated to ask you to do that. But I think it's a cool subject. You know I'm passionate about it. And so go ahead and and leave me reviews, positive, hopefully. I think really the only appropriate one that you would ever leave is a five-star. It's a free country, so you do what you think's best. But uh, yeah, reach out. And until next time, Marshan Lave and Dorasta. 